Glory to God, glory to God. We're going to begin today. And today I want to thank you all for joining on, online on this service. And my prayer, always my prayer is that you all will be blessed, edified, strengthened in your faith. So that you could overcome and face whatever obstacles, whatever challenges you are dealing with. You will overcome them. You'll be strengthened in might, by might, in the inner man, by the spirit. Okay, so, you know, that is my prayer for you. That's my, that prayer for me also. Okay, so today, I'm continuing, and this is, I'm concluding the series, The Treasure. The Treasure. And this will be part three. And I'll do a brief recap on part two, because I'm sure some people miss part two. But I'll just do a short recap so that you can catch up with what I'm going to jump into today. Even though the message today could be a mess, an uh, isolated or separate separate message on its own. But anyhow, the treasure part three, and the recap goes like this. And as I stated in every, when I began every message about the challenging times that we are going through. But the fact is, we are living in a time of great stress. Everyone can testify to that. We are not, times, the times we are living in are, are more stressful than ever. But then it all depends on where you are in history. But those who were around for World War I and World, well, nobody around for World War I. And we have few people, nobody on this line, but World War II. And people who were around for the Vietnam War. That was a time of great stress. Or, you know, wars and death. But now we have a pestilence. We have uh, wars. We have rumors of wars. Um, what's happening with Russia, Ukraine. Uh, economic upheaval, social unrest, and so forth. These are stressful times. But no matter what we are going through. No matter what we are going through. The word of God applies to everyone, no matter the situation. Every day our faith is tested. Every day our faith is tested. Because of this changing world. The pressures from work, family, expectations, the environmental stresses based on social, political, and economic upheaval or economic uh, stresses. The pressure for Competing for resources, for our provision and our protection. Don't tell me we're not competing. But yes, we are competing. But the way we compete is different than the world. But there are stresses with that. But I want to encourage you to keep in mind who we are and our purpose, no matter what we are going through. Encouraging you to keep in mind who we are and our purpose, no matter what is happening in our lives. That we always keep focus on that and not distracted by the stuff that's going on in the world. Even in your families, not to be distracted by that. So last time I was in the book of Matthew, chapter 13 and chapter 16. I spoke from those uh, chapters and I was talking about Parables. Jesus shared a couple parables. And I was talking about those parables. Where Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven. Or the kingdom of God. And its significance. 
Now the parables of the hidden treasure and of the, the pearl of great price, those were the two main parables. And I was talking about how they relate to the attitudes of the man and the merchant. Those were the people Jesus were referring to in the, in the parables. And also how that relates to our life. And there were three things I pointed out. Number one, the men recognized, the men in the parables, they recognized something of great value when they found it. They found something of great value and they recognized that it was something of great value. Secondly, they made the thing that they found a priority and they did what was needed to keep it. And thirdly, they treasured that thing that they found of great value above everything else. So number one, you got to be able to recognize something of value when you see it. you got to make it a priority and keep it and treasure it above everything else. And a couple points I made, and I asked the question, do we even know? Do we know the value of the kingdom of God? Do we treasure it above everything else? And if we don't know the true value of something in our possession, we will never appreciate it. We will never appreciate it and run the risk of losing it. The men in the parables, they not only recognized the value of what they had or what they found, they were excited, joyful, and took the necessary steps to hold on to it. So when I talk about the treasure that's in us, it's not enough to have it. You've got to hold on to it. You have to hold on to that treasure. It's our responsibility to hold on to it. And we must seek to know the value of that treasure in order to appreciate it. As I said, if you don't know the value of something, you'll never appreciate it. We will throw the thing that's supposed to be of great value away for something of lesser value not knowing the significance of what we have. And I said the treasure that we have in us is the King, Jesus, His kingdom and His power. That resides in us. The kingdom of God is in us. We are carriers of the light, of this light. We carry the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We carry the kingdom of God in us. This is the treasure. Do we understand its value and significance and how it applies to our lives? That's the purpose of me having Bible discussion, Bible study, Bible discussion. That's the purpose of me being here. So that to help you and help me understand the value of what God has placed in us through Christ. And its significance to our lives. How it applies to our lives. This thing has to be applicable to our lives or else it's of no value. If you have something that you can't use, it's of no value to you. I don't care what it is. I don't care how much it costs. If you cannot use it, it's of no value. So, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he asked a very important question. And I encourage you all to ask yourself that question occasionally. And also when you speak to people. Okay? This is a question. He said, Jesus asked the disciples, 
Who do you say that I am? A question of great, that promotes great discussion. Because the answer reveals the spiritual condition of the person that you pose the question to. If somebody poses a question to you, your answer reveals your spiritual condition. But that's a very important question. And as I said, whenever I talk to people, you know, we have Jehovah Witness, we have different people that show up and want to talk to you, or you meet Muslims. I say, who is, that's the first question. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is he? Depending on the answer, I know exactly where they are spiritually. And if we have, if we are on the same plane. If we are on the same page. Because that's the crux of our faith. Christ. So the same question Jesus posed to his disciples is the same question I encourage us to ask ourselves and, and pose to others. Because when we share the treasure with others, and if they're willing to hear it, the Father gives revelation to them of who Christ is by the Spirit. If they receive, receive the words by faith, they are translated from darkness to light. And with that revelation, if they grow, and I said if they grow, because you can receive Christ, but you have to grow. You can't, if you don't grow, you don't know what's inside you. You don't know the value of what's inside you. And if you don't know the value, you can't tap into it. So you have to know. And you have to grow. The kingdom or the treasure in us, when expressed, repels the darkness. People are set free. And the light is perpetuated in others. In others, Why? Because when they hear and they receive, that light comes in them. And so forth. That's how it's perpetuated. And the gates of hell cannot withstand this, that power. Because once a person says yes to Jesus, darkness cannot stop the light from coming in. Why? Because they invited him in. The Lord Jesus won't come into anybody's heart or life if they don't welcome him. That's faith. Oh my God. I hope you get this. That is faith. When you hear the word, they said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But because you said, you, you, faith comes doesn't mean you receive it. You have to welcome him. You have to receive him. Because that's the word you've heard put into action. I hope, you know, if you meditate on that, you get it. That's the, that's the way we walk. That's the way we ought to live, by faith. So, the darkness is repelled when somebody says yes to Christ, to Jesus. When the, that's the Holy Spirit comes in and, 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 and gives the rebirth of their, of their human spirit. Darkness can't stay, it has to go. That's the power of, of the light, of Christ, of the Spirit. Darkness cannot repel it. The light repels the darkness. The enemy knows this. You see, the enemy knows that he cannot withstand the power of the kingdom. He knows it. He knows. And he knows what we have been given. 
And this scheme is to cause us to stay ignorant, to either ignore it or take it away. That's why I said the treasure, you have to hold on to it. The people in the parables, when they found something of great price, they sold all they had to possess this thing. You have to hold on to it. Because it can be taken away. And this, you know, the, if you go into the parables of the, of the sower, it gives and it gives the, 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 the scenarios and the different scenarios whereby that word is, is, is stolen. Okay, so we, it can be taken away. Now, if we do not know what we have, we cannot wield it against Satan's kingdom. So, if he keeps you ignorant, if he keeps, if he discourages you, and he puts you in a situation where you throw away your, your, your faith, your belief, because people will do that, and people have done it, you have no threat to him. If we don't know what we have, we cannot wield it against his kingdom. If you nullify somebody and their and their their tools, their weaponry, if you make their weaponry of no effect, you can they can't they cannot attack you. They have no way to overcome you. So if the if the, if Satan can keep you ignorant, you cannot use what you you have the tools, but if you don't know how to use it, you are no threat. You are no threat. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Alright, so that's kind of a, a brief recap of what I talked about last week. I know it took a little longer, but I, I thought it's important that you hear this. Alright, so today I want to continue with the treasure. And this will be part three. And I believe this is the final part. And I want us to go to the book of Acts. And that will be, we'll go to the book of Acts and we will go to chapter 10. And verse 28, the book of Acts, chapter 10, and we will start at verse 28. Now, there's, a, there's some reading, but I am going to give you like a, a introduction to where I'm before I start. So, I'm in, in the book of Acts, the story is recorded about the, a Gentile by the name of Cornelius. This man and his family reverence and pray to God always and did good among the people. One day he had a vision of an angel. An angel appeared to him in a vision, an angel from God, and the angel called him by name, said Cornelius, gave him instructions to send men to Joppa, a place called Joppa, to find a man by the name of Simon Peter to ask him to come to his home to visit. Simon Peter, the angel said to him, will tell you what you must do. Didn't give Cornelius any details. Just said, send men to Joppa, ask for a guy named Simon Peter, and ask him to come to you. So what did Cornelius do? Cornelius obeyed and sent three people to find this Simon Peter. So the next day, Peter was on top of a building praying, And he had a vision. 
a vision of something like a sheet let down to him from heaven. And in that sheet, there were all different kinds of animals. And he was instructed by the Spirit telling him to kill and eat. But Peter declined because it was unlawful. Why? Under the law, there are, there are certain things you don't eat. But the Spirit was telling him to kill and eat. And Peter said, no, I can't do that. It's, un, it's unlawful. Because the animals were unclean. But the Spirit said to him, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Or, un, or unclean. And, he, and this happened three times. Now, I'm not going to go into details about this. I think I did that in a, in a message previously. But what, why Peter was wondering what the vision meant? The people Cornelius sent were at his door and the Spirit instructed Peter to go with those men. He said, there are men at the gate. I have sent them. Go with them. Don't worry about it. So what did Peter do? The next day Peter went with them, and he, as he was entering Cornelius' house, Cornelius fell down at Peter's feet and worshipped him. But Peter forbade, you know, forbade him. Why? Because Cornelius did not understand what he was doing. Peter understood. And Peter said to him, Listen, get up. I'm just a man like you. So let's start in Acts chapter 10 verse 28. I'm going to, I'm going to share now, start reading from verse 28. And Acts chapter 10 verse 28. And the reading goes like this. This is Peter speaking in Cornelius' house with his relatives. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So now Peter had an understanding of the vision he, of the vision he got. That God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Verse 29. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? Now, Peter explains the risk. He said, I'm a Jewish man and it's unlawful for me to come into your house, to associate with you, even to come in your house, much less to spend the night, which he did, and eat with you. I can be persecuted. I can be ostracized. But he said what God showed me. God showed me that I mustn't call any, any person. Right? I should not call any man common or unclean. So that is a lesson Peter had to learn. Because Peter was stuck in religion. Even though he walked with Jesus, he was still practicing Judaism. Because that's why he said what he, he said. And he said something very important there. He said, I shouldn't call any man common or unclean. Now, as soon as I heard, I came. 
Because the Spirit told me to come. Why am I here? Why did you call for me? So Peter didn't get the details. So what happened now? Cornelius went on to explain his vision and that he he and his relatives were all there to hear what Peter had to say. So now Peter understood why he was sent for after Cornelius explained to him the vision he had and how Peter will come and tell him something very important and it has to do with the treasure. So let's go to Acts. We're still in chapter 10. Let's go to verse 34. So when Peter understood his purpose for being there, verse 34, the reading starts like this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Christ, through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all this, of, of these, of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Now I read all that for a reason, obviously. And the points I want to make. First, God shows no partiality. That's why Peter got the vision. That vision going back to what God said to Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. Wasn't talking about the Jewish people. Nations refers to ethnicities. All people. And it was spoken about in Zechariah. And when Jesus died, resurrected, The new covenant was instituted which brought to pass what God said to Abraham. The Jews were the vehicle God used to bring salvation to all the world. Not just for the Jewish people. Because in Christ one new man made up of Jews and Gentiles are in Christ. That one new man is in Christ. And he's saying here God shows no partiality. And we should not either. There is no place for preference of one race over another in the body of Christ. 
There is no place for preference of people of one status over another in the body of Christ. There is no place for any of that in the body of Christ. None. Should never be. God shows no partiality. God accepts those who reverence Him and does good works. That's what it said here. In verse 35. Every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by Him. But I'm going to qualify that later. Man can only have peace or be reconciled with God through Christ. Through Christ. Jesus of Nazareth, as the scripture says here, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about setting people free from oppression, from the power of the devil. The light came into the darkness and set people free from whatever had them oppressed. Whatever had them in bondage, that's when they were set free. The light came in and liberated them. By faith, when people receive it, they are set free. The power of darkness cannot suppress the light. The light repels the darkness. I don't care what happens. So Jesus was crucified, as it says here. In verse 39, he was killed by hanging on a tree. But those who killed him thought they had the victory, but they had no victory. They were just walk fully, they were just doing exactly what God expected. Because Jesus said, no one take my life, I lay it down. Why? So that he can save, he can save many. Bring him to pass the promise made to Abraham. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, no one can take my life. I lay it down willingly. So that's why it's, it says here, he was crucified. He was buried. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. We and others, as, as, <clears throat> as Peter said, we are witnesses. We were chosen by God to testify of this fact. And do you also know that we, the church, the called out ones, we are also to testify of this truth that Jesus is the Christ and he was sent by God. <laughs> That's why the treasure is in us. That's why the treasure is in us. Jesus was ordained by God to judge the living and the dead and through his name whoever believes in him their sins will be forgiven. That is the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. The treasure that's in each of us. Why do you think the angel, God sent Peter to Cornelius? Cornelius, it said here in verse 35, and, and uh, he was a righteous man. He worshipped God. He prayed to God. But you can tell it's not enough. Why would the angel send Peter to Cornelius, if Cornelius prayed to God, always, as it says, and he did good. That tells me that's not enough. Peter went to share the treasure with Cornelius. Because Cornelius didn't understand 
the whole message of salvation. It pivots on Christ. Christ is the cornerstone. I'll touch on it a little bit in a bit. That's the good news of the gospel. When Peter went to Cornelius' house and shared it with him and his family, he was sharing the good news of the gospel. Why? What is that? Christ. He died. He rose from the dead so that our sins, my sins, and yours, Cornelius, can be forgiven. Without Christ, they had to go to the law and use bulls and use animals, their blood, to cover sin. But in Christ, there's no need for that anymore. There's a new covenant, a new relationship. So Cornelius wasn't aware of it. So God had to send Peter to explain to him and teach him about Christ. Okay, so Paul said, as I, as I talked about pre, in previous message in this series, Paul said that the light of Christ is in us. That light is the treasure. And I said that encompasses the kingdom of God because Christ is the king of that kingdom. The Holy Spirit, all that is encompassed in that treasure that's in us. So Peter had that treasure in him and he was sent to share that light with a religious man. And his family. Who were ready to receive the light. Christ. So Cornelius was a religious man. He was a religious man. He worshipped God. He prayed to God. And he did good. That's religion. But he he needed to take the next step. That's why Peter was sent to him. So what does this story of Cornelius tell me? Is reverencing God and doing good, good works enough? Obviously not. If it was, Peter, the, the Lord, the angel would have never told, the spirit would have never told Peter to go to Cornelius and explain to him the whole salvation message. If it was, if it, the spirit would not have been, the Corne, I mean, Peter would not have been sent if that's all it was. And later on, as you read, it talks about why Peter was speaking these words. The Holy Spirit fell upon all of those who heard the word. See, they were endued with power. And that's why we talk, I talk about faith. That's why I talk about believing. Because when you hear the words and you receive it, there's something that happens. There is something that happens to each person when they, when they receive Christ. The gift You give the Holy Spirit permission to come in. That's why it said here, I didn't read verse 44, but it says, why Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Because they received it, the Holy Spirit came in. Glory to God. That's how we are endued with power. Alright, so, saying that we love God, Doing good works is not enough. We must hear about and receive Christ. We must hear about and receive Christ. That's the only way under heaven where people can be saved. Where our sins are forgiven. I don't care how good we try to be. We are, we all will sin and we will need a way 
to be washed of it, to be cleansed of it, to be forgiven of it. And Jesus is the only way under heaven, as the scripture said, where man can be saved. Because Jesus also said in scriptures, no one can come to the Father except through me. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, who Christ, shall be saved. Okay? So that's why Cornelius and his family had to hear about Christ. So I don't care how good people th- claim to be. Our righteousness is nothing. What we do doesn't matter. Well, it matters, but I'm saying what we do of our own strength is nothing. It doesn't matter to God. It's who Christ is. That's what's important. And everything we do emanates because of the love we have for God and we have received Christ. Do you understand that? There's a difference. Yes, Peter was stressed about breaking the law and becoming unclean by entering the house of a Gentile. But he chose to obey God than religion. He did not he did not at that time understand the mind of God. But God had to teach him and he obeyed. That was a teaching teachable moment for Peter. When he got the vision, he didn't have the understanding. But when he got to Cornelius' house, then he understood what the vision meant. That God does God doesn't prefer any person, one person over another, any race over another. We can't call anybody unclean or unworthy. Anyone who accepts Christ is worthy in the eyes of God. Who are we to judge others? That's why the Bible tells us, judge not lest you be judged. We all have to walk by faith. We all have to run our race. Pay attention to your race and don't pay attention to how other people are running their race. Yes, you encourage them. Yes, you tried, you tried to set the example. But you run your race. You take the speck out of the beam out of your eye before you try to fix somebody else's life. Focus on your race. Alright. So, even though we are living in stressful, stressful times, we must never be so consumed with the things of this life where we do not obey the Spirit and share the light of Christ. We can never be too busy. To make time to share the light of Christ. We must not allow ourselves to be distracted by the things happening in the world. Remember three things. Period, position, and, and purpose. Period, position, and purpose. Period refers to the time we are living in. God has chosen us to live in this time. Our position refers to who we are in Christ and our relationship to the Father because of Christ. And purpose refers to why we are here in this time. To be the light. Share the light. Edify the body and glorify God. Period, position and purpose. Why we are here. We are here now. Why? We are in Christ. And we are here to be the light and share the light. And edify the body so that God can be glorified. 
So this treasure in us, we are carriers of this light. And we will be used by God to share the light. As he used Peter. As he used Paul. As he used many who came before us. As he used those who are here now. As he's using me. As he used you. You have an opportunity to share the light with someone. Do it by your lifestyle. Be. You can't be, you can't be two-faced. You gotta be, you either, you stand for righteousness or, or you, or, or not. You can't, you can't be hot or cold. Hot and cold. You gotta be hot or cold. You can't be, you know, you can't be two-faced. Or, or how, or be duplicitous. You can't. So we are carriers of that light. And we will be used by God to share that light. We must remember our purpose. And what the scripture says about us. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. The scripture says. That we are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor are we like a lamp. That they put under a basket. But we are the light. We are light that put on a lampstand. Why? So everyone can see us. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let our light, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Whenever, wherever you are, whoever you're around, you should leave those people in a better state of, of spiritual mind or, or state than when you, you first entered their presence. That's your light shining. That's the light in you. Edifying and touching other people. We can impact the people that we come in touch with every day. By the light that's in us. The question is. Do we understand that light? Do we understand how to tap into it? And do we understand how to apply it to our lives. So God can be glorified. So that we can impact the people that we come around. That we, that we interface with daily. That's why I said. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, with that said, we have this treasure in our bodies. Treasure it. Nurture it. Preserve it. And share it. We have everything we need. We just need to know its value and utilize it. The Bible says we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ. The more and more you, you get to know Him, the more and more you seek Him, He reveals Himself. And as He reveals Himself, you get to know Him. And you, when you get to know Him, you get to understand the treasure that's in you. And able to tap in to the things of the kingdom. And when you're able to tap into the things of the kingdom. When you're able to tap in that. The spirit of God. Can use you. To glorify God. To touch the lives of others. And you pass that light on. The Holy Spirit comes in. When they hear the words of God. And they receive Christ by faith. That light goes in them. And they also share what they have heard, what they know, what they've learned by the Spirit to others. That's how the light's perpetuated. But the scheme of the enemy is to keep that light extinguished. 
But the Bible says, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, those who have been called to glorify God, especially as we get closer and closer to the last days. Because creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. We have to reveal something to this dying world of who Christ is, that he is truly who the Father said he is, and who he said he was. So with that said, I'm going to stop there, and I really hope this message blessed you. I really hope that these are not just words, but that the words that you've heard, that you are able to receive it, and that the Holy Spirit will give you revelation, give you understanding, so that you could apply to your life. So that you can grow and the fruit that comes forth from your life will glorify God. The light that's in your life will emanate and shine and impact the people that's around you. So that they feel and experience the tangible love of God by the Spirit. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So, as I said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And my hope is that we would nurture it, keep it, and grow so that we know how to utilize it for God's purpose and God's glory. So I thank you for your time, and I really hope you are able to receive this word today. In Jesus' name. Alright, so just a reminder, today we have communion, so I'm going to... Recording stop. I'm going to uh, conduct communion today so if you don't have your elements please uh, take a minute to go and collect your elements and then we will